Nick Cage is back. He's back. Has he been on? Has he featured on the pod before? He hasn't. This is the Nick Cage debut. Debut. All right. And what a debut. This is. I don't understand Nick Cage. <laughs> Why? Why is he like? How does he get any like roles? I don't know. Doesn't he? He needs the work as well because he spends all his money on dinosaurs. I did see that. Or maybe you mentioned that to me that he spent, he like blew all his money on fucking skeletons. Yeah, but I think, I think he had like some financial troubles as well. And then some stuff got repossessed. I don't know. I, I, I'm not a Nick Cage historian. Anyway, um, here he is. Yeah, I just don't understand why. He's like, is he an actor? I don't understand. <laughs> um, but face off. Have you, have you seen epic. any interviews with him? No, I've only seen much of his body of work. Yeah, I, I wonder how he's like. Yeah, he in, seems like the kind behaves. of dude who would just never do interviews. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, with these uh, man, with these HGL stories, who HP Lovecraft? Uh yeah, HP Lovecraft. Actually, okay, hold on. We're going to intro the show. Welcome to the books better. <laughs> the show that reads the indescribable and unknowable source material so that you don't have to. I'm Dan. And I'm Orlando. And today we're talking about Color Out of Space, a book you've never heard of and a movie you've probably never heard of, but might be worth a watch because it is literally so insanely weird that it's kind of cool. Yeah. You know what? Um, you know what's funny is I kind of live for the moments in movies where Nick Cage goes bonkers. So I would have appreciated a bit more uh, cuckoo because Nick Cage. he's in such legitimate projects. That's the thing. It's like <laughs> this movie takes itself pretty seriously. So then like to have Nick Cage just literally be insane for one scene – and then like settle down for a few scenes. It's so weird. It's like, this shouldn't be allowed. It looks like they left an outtake in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like he was doing a bit on set. Yeah. Yeah. And they like just that, left it right. in. It lit, That's literally yeah. what it sounds like. But this movie is so like weird, but that it almost works because I, yeah. I mean, I'll admit it really, it, it, it kept me guessing this one. I have you did you read the story before you saw the movie? I read half of the story and then I watched the movie and then I read the second half. Um yep. so I kind of knew Yeah, I don't know, the story the story is very like you you sort of get the gist of it pretty quick. And there's yeah. not really a lot of twists and turns. And there's not really in the movie either. So for anyone who hasn't read or seen this, which is everyone, there it's basically about a remote family living in like a remote forest and a meteorite crashes and there's some sort of alien on the meteorite that infects the groundwater and infects all the plants in the area and basically just poisons everything and like turns it into eldritch horrors and that's about it. Yeah, and then the alien ups and leaves once it's like absorbed the life force of... yeah. Of people, all the people, yeah. And, I guess and every everyone around. in like a mile radius. It's not really much. It's not interested in much else. Yeah, yeah. So, in the H.P. Lovecraft story, it's pretty straightforward. It's the classic like you're not listening to like the dude who actually was there. 
this is like a dude who's gone to build a reservoir and he's interviewing the local town folks and it's like, oh, something weird happened here a while ago. And then he gets the whole story and just relays it to you, the reader. Yeah. It's like it's like classic HP Lovecraft yeah. where it's a recount of something that's happened. It's either from in like in his stories, it's either from a person that was there or like someone that had yeah, like it's this never guy the had main gone and talked guy. to people. No, sometimes sometimes it is the main guy. In in oh, some in some of them. Yeah. But in, in this case it's not, but it's always like uh um they experience some horror that, yeah, that, and a lot of the things like in Reanimator, uh, can't be put into words how horrible <laughs> this was, or any man that yeah. knows how horrible this was would never be the same again. Yeah, that's the classic um, H.P. Lovecraft is. Oh God, it was. Oh, you don't even want to know. You, Unimaginable yeah, horror. You, I can't even describe it. It's like okay, well, and then when they turn these stories into movies. Uh, they have to not only describe it, but show us exactly what it looks like, which is kind of a a bit of a zero-sum game because nothing is as scary as not knowing. And I think that's yeah. what H.P. Lovecraft discovered and that was his bread and butter. Yeah, because he just let the readers kind of like when you're reading his stories and he's like, oh, um, some unspeakable horror or he's describing some creature or some some thing that's happened or yeah. if someone's been like attacked or a or color that doesn't exist yeah yeah in your head you you're like okay what is literally the worst thing i could possibly yeah, imagine it is that's your what this fear. is so i just yeah. sort of picture um getting dumped at the at the year 12 dance of course. Right. <laughs> and then I'm like, That's- oh, God, stop, stop, <laughs> spare me these tales. <laughs> um, oh, man. So, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it works in a story. But then uh, when you make a movie out of it, Nick Cage has to actually take a gun and go and shoot the Eldritch Horror in the, in the barnyard. So I think actually some of the, like, uh, some of the ghouls, some of the bugmas they created in the in the movie were like were pretty like f- like horrible to look at. Yeah, basically the story is there's this family and they're at, a far- at they live on a farm. Part of me, uh, miles away from from the yeah. city, and this uh, alien or well, this meteorite lands in the modern day. Yeah, in the modern day, uh, in the movie, in the in the original story, it's in the 1880s. The original story is also set in 2020. <laughs> of course. <laughs> right. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, geez. Um, and the meteorite lands, uh, and yeah, like you said before, it kind of just fucks everything up and starts. Uh, in the story, it, it more drains the life out of everything and turns everything into this grey, ashy dust. Um in the movie, it kind of turns. Yeah, it turns these everything into living things into weird, into the creatures. the hallow from Terraria. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, yeah, but it makes them all go insane, and it seems to like fusing different life forms together into like a Cronenberg glob, and yeah, and then they obviously they add all this personal drama as well with the family. There's the troubled daughter and the sort of shithead son. 
there's a weird arc where like I don't know his wife had some surgery and like also they never his said wife what that is, was. I thought that was going to be a no, big reveal. Yeah, and then his wife is a bit self-conscious about like aging or something. Like no, so, I think because she had she had some sort of surgery and she was worried that she wasn't attractive to her husband anymore. But yeah, you know, like it doesn't look like there's anything wrong with her. No, maybe she had a mastectomy no, or something. Um, yeah, I don't know. But it's but I mean we can guess. It just seems like stupid though because they yeah they like say it. It just seems like a device to be like, um, there's tension in the family. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that was the point. Is that like you know the Nick Cage is is kind of a good dad and a good husband. It seems at the beginning, but there's sort of a bit of tension there. And then when they start to go crazy, Shining style, it's you don't really know when. It's just like domestic issues flaring up and when it's like the supernatural thing messing everything yep. up. Although in this movie it's a little bit cut and like there's a pretty clear line between when the alien starts infecting everyone because <laughs> infecting it literally Nick cage specifically. Yeah. He goes a he goes a bit bonkies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He starts throwing all the tomatoes in the bin. Um <laughs> and then his wife is like, fix fucking satellite dish because she got to make her shorts. I don't know why they made her like a Wall Street trader. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so weird. I watched The Big Short again just before watching this and then she was talking about like shorting stocks and I was like, what the heck? <laughs> like, what, what the hell? <laughs> um, she's a she's a bad, bad man. Yeah. Bad Wall Street trader. Um, But as weird as all the like injected family drama is. I actually think the decision and I, and you know, you may disagree with this. I think the decision to adapt this story, maybe like this particular story of HP Lovecraft's was actually pretty clever because I think the original story even has like some sort of like, you know, strong environmentalism vibes happening and then they lean into it a bit with this where um, not even really environmentalism, but just like they're living out, they're like off the gridders, like they they don't like all the process stuff and they're trying to live off the grid. Yeah, the whole idea of like the alien like poisoning the water and everything. There's something there, you know, and I sort of, I, 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 I was like, yeah, okay, all right, I, I see it, I see it. Yeah, so maybe they grabbed... Um Maybe an idea that uh, I guess wasn't even intended to be, you know, such a big deal when he originally wrote the story and tried to make yeah. it a bit more topical. And well, like, I, I think like in the original story, like obviously climate change, like environmentalism wasn't a big thing. But I think the original story is still about like, you know, the wilds and, you know, being out of the city and like, yeah. See, a lot of his other stories are about... Explicitly anti-environment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but a lot of his stories, I think, like not that I disagree with you, but he uses these like the contrast between, you know, the, the city people and the country people. Yeah, people country that all these, all of his stories, not all of his stories, but a lot of his stories are about, um, yeah, people in the country and in villages and wherever, uh, having all this crazy shit. And 
he often has like, you know, they could go to the city or they've like told people in the city but they don't believe them or yeah. they don't take them seriously and that is like a recurring thing in a lot of his stories. So yeah. I think he might have just had this family on this farm as a kind of yeah. Uh, Look with the like with a, the story, a choice to just isolate them. Yeah, yeah. With the story, I'm not like I, I I'm I'm not convinced he's like trying to create any sort of strong thematic message or anything. I think mostly it's just ideas that he can play off to like build up the horror element and. In that, in like, in terms of that, I think the isolation is one thing, but then also the fact that they're in this like lush forest and that water gets poisoned and like, you know, all the plants end up like looking weird. You know, I don't, I don't think he's like, he's trying to be like, you know, treat the environment better. I think it's more just like, what horror elements can I spark from like, the idea yeah, exactly. of like an introduced species or, you know, that kind of vibe. Yeah. Whereas when yeah, they made this sure. movie, you know, it as is very uh, trendy to do these days, they were like, okay, there's a pretty clear like sort of thing about environmentalism we can do in here. And it's not like super on the nose. They They don't, they don't sort of hammer it with you. It's mostly just like, a weird horror thing because <laughs> like, I don't really know what to take away from the ending where everything just explodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I actually, I guess kind of spoiler-ish maybe, I do prefer the story. I think I prefer the tone of the story where in the story uh, the family that's living on the farm get visited by this guy, what is his name, Army? Army. Army, yeah. And he kind of occasionally visits them and his visits become fewer and fewer because he, he gets a weird icky vibe from the farm after the meteorite yeah. has landed. He's like but something as right he, Yeah. As he goes back to see them, he kind of uh, in parts watches the whole situation unfold uh, and it comes to the end yeah. where... It's an interesting thing of like the character that you're, whose perspective you're following is like visiting every month and every month he goes, there's like something else has gone wrong. Yeah, something fucking horrible has happened. Uh, and at the end, basically, he, he goes there, He goes into the attic and basically his entire family turn into like dust. Yeah. Or they turn to like ghoul monster things and then turn into dust. And there's a part in the story where he comes back downstairs and he sees the main uh, man of the family just like as some weird creature dust thing. And then he like He's a babbling, gets cut off. Yeah. Yeah, he gets cut off because his fucking head caves in and like turns to dust. But I think he, that's cool. Yeah, it's cool. And like he sort of drops a little bit of lore before he dies. Yeah. <laughs> Where he's like, it came from the meteor, it poisoned the water, we all drunk the water. And they use that in the movie. I think like they um they sort of take not the exact dialogue, but that sort of scene of like the crazy babbling of like explaining what the alien is actually doing. Um, they actually take that in the movie but use it in a completely different way because on Nick Cage's family's land lives this weird sort of Rastafarian dude. Uh, who, it's fucking Tommy Chong. Wait, what? That's the guy that plays him. Oh, wait, wait. Hold on. Like Cheech and Chong. Is it actually? Yeah. Okay. 
All right. I was going to lambast this movie for just having a weird, like, stereotype character. No, but it, yeah. But yeah. that's, if it's just literally a, a shout out to Cheech and Chong, then that's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Well, that's even fucking weirder. What the hell? Why, is, <laughs> why did they do that? It's almost like they, like, thought of him and then wrote the part in the movie. As yeah, just like him because it's so weird. He's in like three scenes and doesn't really like leave his house or affect it much. And he also just like seems to know exactly what's going on before anyone else. And then they go to his house at the end, and he's like, you know, crusty um, alien shell, but he's left a recording that like explains it. Where he's like, you know, it came in the water. It did this. It's trying to shape our earth to be something more like its own. Um, and then at the end, you get this big vision of the planet that it came from, I guess. Yeah. It's pretty a cool. because Too much. Uh, I think that's a bit much. I thought it was close to being too much. I couldn't decide if it was too much because it did feel somewhat earned because of like the build up to it. Yeah, where it was just like, so. okay, like I'm, I'm kind of... Like by the time that happened, I was kind of ready for anything. <laughs> yeah. But I think it was overexplained in general, the the phenomenon, especially when the kids start going like, like, you know, halfway through the movie as well, like way too early. They're like, that thing from the meteorite is trying to infect us. It's trying to keep us here and like do all yeah, this. So it's all like, right. no, 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 stop. I don't want to know. Yeah. You're not meant to know this halfway through the movie. Maybe you can realize it at the end, but preferably just shut up about it. Yeah. <laughs> I think they they could have preserved more of the mystery of the story in the movie overall. Just a yeah. little bit. Yeah, because the reveal that they like, the, the the daughter figures out pretty much exactly what's happening, like a quarter into the movie. Yeah. And then she can, okay, should we talk about some of Nick Cage's? Uh, oh, yeah. His, his <laughs> interesting. Excellent acting. Oh, yes. He, um, okay. Once I don't again, know. Though, it's like a switch just flips in his head. Yeah. Once again, though, it kind of works because he's playing an insane person who's not only kind of a weird dude, but is being infected by like an alien that's making him even crazier. Yeah. So it almost, I honestly, I want to say it almost works. Yeah. Like I said before, I kind of wanted more of it because it is very entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't just... be mad if like instead of some of the less interesting stuff, like the kid climbing down the well and like them trying to escape and I don't know, all the stuff with like the sheriff and everything. I wouldn't be mad if it was more just like Nick Cage going full like shining mode and like wandering yeah. around with his gun, like <laughs> just saying like insane shit. <laughs> It's it's hilarious because like <laughs> his his daughter confronts him and his son about the whole situation. Yeah, they've figured he, it out. They know what's yeah. up. Yeah, they're like the the alien ate the dog and it's it's gonna kill us all. Yeah, yeah, and he is very stubborn, I guess. And then he starts to borderline being stubborn and like actually being insane and they confront him and yeah and he His, he kind <laughs> of like snaps he turns into donald trump yeah. and he's like it's like donald trump meets who seinfeld. The fuck are they? <laughs> yeah. it's if seinfeld did donald trump on snl <laughs> yeah yeah he has this weird yeah. like cadence They're and, like, oh it's yeah, so like, strange but it just works dad it was them and he goes 
Uh, who the fuck are they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they did it. Oh my God. Goes, no one is doing fucking anything. And, yeah. then, and then, and then he decides, I guess that he's, um, he's, he's, he's sick of her. He's sick of his daughter. And then he goes, get the fuck out. Just get out of my yeah. face. Get the yeah. fuck out. And it's not an exaggeration. He literally says it like that. Yeah. It is, it, it is insane. I was like, if you, if you have to give this movie anything, it's that it, it is unexpected. The, the directions that it goes. <laughs> it is interesting. It's a very entertaining movie because of that. Yeah. I mean, very entertaining. It's an entertaining movie. I, I thought think, I thought it was that. pretty entertaining, even though it like messed me up. I really, <laughs> I think I watched it when I was. It was too late, and I was like tired and hungry, and it 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 just sort of infected my brain a little bit. It it, it caught you at the uh, the wrong moment. Yeah, I mean, but like, <laughs> I don't know, like I was in the mood to, I would have enjoyed, I don't know, I don't know, man, it's a weird movie. I just wasn't ready for it. I was like, oh, it'll be like Reanimator. Nah. <laughs> nah, dog. Nah, nah, dog. You know what? In some ways, like kind of similar to Reanimator, but it, also- It leans into it It's a bit. not as- yeah, but but Reanimator, I think, was more purposefully aware of its kind of weird, dry sense of humor. Oh, uh, Re- Reanimator, like if you said. don't know, is another HP Lovecraft story that we did on the podcast a while ago. Um, but it was like turn the movie was like this insane, like horror, almost comedy from the eighties. Yeah, and this movie, like you said, takes itself quite seriously, except for the odd. Nick Cage yeah. outburst, um, <laughs> which is, I guess, a different. I don't know. It's funny because it catches you off guard. Like, like you said, you you don't know when it's going to happen, and then he, yeah, and then you get slapped with a. Uh, who the fuck? Is the <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's a bit at the end as well when the sheriff is like in his house, and he's like sort of walking around in like a zombie-like state, and he's like, "Yeah, everything's fine. Everything's fine. My wife is fine." And then, the, and then they're like, oh, "Okay, this is a little bit weird because obviously everything looks bizarre, and he's acting yeah. like a freak." And then there's a scream from above because he's locked his daughter in the attic. And then they like run to help him, and Nick Cage is just like bumbling around in the living room, and he's like, "Do you guys want a drink? I'm having one." <laughs> Before it like cuts away to basically the like beginning of the action end of the movie. Yeah, yeah, it's so weird. Did very, you, very fucking weird. While you were watching this movie, did you did it cross your mind that this is kind of, a, I mean, maybe more in the first half, but this is like the books better roosters all coming, uh, what is it, coming home to hatch? What's the, what's the, <laughs> oh, coming home to roost? No, whatever. Um, I don't know what you mean. It's Explain. Okay, well, like, this movie has just so many weird similarities to other stuff that we've done on the podcast. It was like a weird mashup of a bunch of other movies we've done. Like, Yeah, I can get that. There was a ton of similarity to War of the Worlds, which I first noticed. One of which was they just open it and close it the exact same way by just straight like reading parts of the book over like narration. And I'm still, I still am sort of in two minds about that because it's cool and it works, but I can't decide if it's like a cop out. I think 
Color Out of Space earned it like a bit more because it didn't seem as a it, it wasn't such a cheesy Hollywood yeah that's blockbuster. True. So it did seem like at least it was leaning into the the original tone. It, at least it was trying to you know yeah lean into the original tone of the story. So I think it earned it a bit more. Whereas but, yeah, whereas with War of the Worlds, it's like really Steven Spielberg. You try to tell me that you have reverence for the source material. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, but then also it opens up with like this like kind of dysfunctional family and Nick Cage and Tom Cruise are like both playing the same I was like, gonna say weird that. dad energy. Imagine Tom Cruise instead of Nick Cage. That would be this. It would be. It'd be the same. <laughs> it'd be the same. Exactly. It'd be the same fucking it's thing literally where it's just a normal same. dude except. Yeah. So I was like, this is so weirdly similar to War of the Worlds. But then it had like shining vibes as well, where it's like everyone's like isolated and going insane. And then, you know, it really just Alice felt in Wonderland like, as well, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, for real. Visually, I think. Creatures, yeah. It really was the book's better all-stars, you know? <laughs> <laughs> the book's better um, reunion. The Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I reckon... Yeah, yeah, I, I I agree with that. Which is funny because like <laughs> it's like borrowed like some of the good things and then also some of the like key bad things that we've covered on the podcast. <laughs> Wait, so what 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 do you think the bad things were? Because there's no lifted dialogue because it wouldn't work. Well, other no, than the wouldn't narration make any sense. that they took. Which did I honestly still don't like the reading directly. Maybe there is some movie that I've yet to seen that, um, you know, properly deserves to do that. But I still think this movie is not good enough to. In this one um, also, it kind of didn't work a little bit because they tried to, I think it was what they did with the, like, I, the, the uh, character of the narrator was clever as they kind of, they were like, okay, we're going to have the like dude who's like scouting for a reservoir. He's going to be like a hydrologist and he's also, he's scouting for like a modern day hydro something rather. And, (laughs) (laughs) and, um, and, but he's not only just the dude who's like narrating it and he's like the one like, you know, um, but he's also, they combined the guy who's scouting for the reservoir and the guy that he talks to and then explains the whole story. Yeah. So like they did adapt honestly, that very well, I think. Yeah, because I think that works better. It's like I don't why do we need to hear the story from a guy who talks to the guy who knows the story? Just yeah, yeah. and then the movie's just like, okay, that's gonna be one character. There's a guy scouting for a reservoir, and then he gets wrapped up in all of it and he witnesses the the the, the whole thing go down, which was quite clever. But then but then they like they were like okay well now that we've got this dude who's like actually building a reservoir we can like lift we can use some of the we can have him narrate literally the stuff about the reservoir but like it didn't really make sense i don't know it it didn't make as much sense and it was just like okay but like i don't think he would say that <laughs> you know yeah yeah right it seems very like um yeah it, it kind uh, of I guess worked not preachy book. but yeah yeah out of play. It's a bit jarring. Yeah, it is because they they have him say things that it's like, okay, but like you fully adapted this to the modern day. He's like a hydrologist and stuff. And now he's like, 
talking like an old timey man, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, so it's a little bit clunky, but ultimately fine. For the most part, yeah, for the most part, it's 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 pretty good. They they almost had it up until that very end part. Like they almost completely pulled it off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Do- it was a bit weird him like, I don't know. The ending was just confusing in general. It was like, it seemed like it was like building up, building up, building up, building up. Okay, we've reached full insanity. There's just like insane like spectrum colors like blasting everywhere. The sheriff just got eaten by bugmas in the tree, which was very the mist, I'll say. And then it was like, oh God, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And then he, and then the dude just, the reservoir guy just hides in the cellar. Yeah, he, he kind of like and everything just looks like, like a little white. nuclear bomb yeah. goes off around him. And I thought he was dead because yeah, the I thought he was next gonna, shot opens yeah. with a skeleton hand and I was like, oh, he's dead. And then he, he comes he, out he of the rubble next out. to it. Yeah. yeah. And it's just a little bit like, and then also in that like chaos, you see it like fully cuts to the surface of like the alien planet. And it's like, oh, God, we've gone full crazy, which, yeah, which yeah. I don't, I didn't mind that. But then I was just a little bit confused when it just like it all washes to white and then he climbs out of the wreckage and he's like, thank God, <laughs> I'll never yeah. take this for granted again. Yeah, so like, uh, well, I think I would have much preferred in the movie just like you were saying because they went full fucking bonkers at the end. I would have much preferred to have an ending where none of the characters, I don't, well, I mean, obviously they would have yeah. to cut the narration part at the end, which I'm honestly fine with, but an <laughs> yeah. ending where all the characters, like maybe he doesn't explicitly die, but he kind of gets, uh, I don't know, well, they've already like, gone crazy with the visuals, so just have some fucking crazy shit happen to him and then end the movie. It needed like one more interesting thing or something. Like, okay, yeah. not this because this is lame and completely cliched, but like he... You know, he leaves and he's like, oh, God, he's talking to someone. He's like, oh, boy, that was weird, but I made it out. And then it like zooms it in his eyes and they like flash purple. It's like, oh, God, yeah, it's still there. Yeah. Not that, obviously, Just because something. that's so lame. Yeah. But it needed a little bit something more at the end, I thought. Because it was just weird. It was just like, oh, what are we meant to do with that? Everything just exploded. I agree. Do you have anything else, Dan? Um, nah. All right. I think oh you know, one more thing. I guess I can kind of tie this into into the rating. Yeah. So are you ready? Yeah. We'll rate this bad boy. All right. I think that the book and the movie are good at like different like the book is pretty entertaining to read. And they're good because they're short. So, you know, at the end of yeah. the day, if you read a, a HP Lovecraft story and you're like, uh, it was all right. You've only lost like 20 minutes <laughs> and it's like, you know, not the biggest deal. But this one's pretty good. Um, I think the movie doesn't actually do anything that the book does like better. I think the movie is good in its completely separate own ways to the story. Oh, I can I completely disagree. Do you reckon? I yeah. think that the the tone and the uh, in all honesty, the like creatures and the mystery in the original story is like. But like, good. what creatures? He doesn't describe them. I think like no, but that's the that's. It seems I, like I it was find a, that much you know, more interesting. It's kind of an interesting story. It's it's like it's like oh yeah, it's kind of a cool idea, um, but like nothing completely novel. I'm sure it was like very interesting to like all the people in the 20s who are obsessed with this book came out in 1927. Like all the people in the tw- in the 20s who are obsessed with like the occult and 
you know, aliens and all of that. I'm sure it was very like exciting and interesting back then. But reading it now, I'm like, it 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 needs I I can't just read a story that has no point except just to describe like a weird thing that happened. <laughs> and that's why I really liked the movie, because I thought it took that. It was like, here's a weird thing that happened, but then also like a little bit of depth to it as well. And also, we are going to straight up show you some shit that, like, you haven't seen slash you will not see coming. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I don't know. I, I guess, I don't think we've said this, but the meteorite in the story basically emits this color. Yeah. Oh, this yeah, we haven't talked about that, that is, color. Yeah, that is completely... The titular color. Unseen by any man before. So yeah. when these scientists analyze it they've you know this color literally hasn't doesn't exist people like seem pretty Earth. nonplussed about that as well it's like you've literally seen a color a new color that's not a thing yeah it could happen and they're just like oh wow <laughs> yeah sick and then they forget about it yeah. and then at the end of the story the guy's like oh uh, yeah all the scientists that uh, worked on the meteorite are dead so i can't really ask them anything about but it but also the scientists don't care when all the crazy shit starts happening they're like oh, country nonsense. And it's like, didn't you take some of the meteorite back to your lab and find out it was a new element emitting unknown yeah. colors? It's like, what do you mean you don't care? Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, country superstition. All right, do you want to rate it first, Dan? Yeah, yeah. Well, because I think our rating is going to be very different. I'm fully going to give it like a plus five. Okay. Because I think it's really like – the, the movie is like bizarre. It's it's sometimes good, sometimes bad. It's definitely worth a watch because it's really interesting and weird. Um, so if you like weird stuff, it's definitely worth a watch. But uh, I just think it is like it takes all the interesting stuff from the book and then adds more interesting stuff and also just adds like, you know, some depth to it. I think it's a pretty solid improvement. So I would give it a plus five. Okay. I will. I'm going to preface this. By saying that, like, not that there's necessarily better H.P. Lovecraft stories to adapt into movies, because I think a lot of them are inherently just the way that he writes them. Obviously, um, like we were saying, things that can't be explained or horrors that yeah. uh, you couldn't possibly imagine. They don't necessarily uh, lead themselves to being very adaptable. So I don't think there's better stories that could be adapted. I think there are better H.P. Lovecraft stories standalone than this one to be 100% honest yeah but um, I thought this one was a good one to adapt because the person writing the movie saw that he could turn it into something more interesting yeah yeah so I'll give it a negative three damn this is the biggest Hosni disparity we've seen in a long time yeah yeah negative three all right that's my plus five damn they're both good yeah to be honest Go watch the movie. Go read the, the, the movie's really cool. It's on Canadian Netflix. Yeah. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, Lam, we got something. We got two big podcast events coming up that we should maybe hype a little bit. One of yeah. them is next Massive. week. <clears throat> That's right. I'm in Perth. Mark McGowan's let me in. You're what? Yep. That's right. Um, oh my god! I'm. This is day thirteen of my quarantine. Um, they made a special exception because I um, 
Mark McGowan. He told them how imperative it is. That yeah, that we back to record our kissing booth episode. And Mark was like, I understand. So Mark actually flew the 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 seven four seven over and yeah. like picked you up. Mark, yeah. yeah, Mark sent his piz uh, Blackhawk to pick me up. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so Do you reckon McGowan has a private jet? No, I don't think. What? Well, how could he afford a private jet? That would be insane. I'm a government funded, bro. Well, then it's not private, is it? You monkey. No, but it, no. Well, I mean. <laughs> Like a, what do you mean? Like he has a jet at his disposal. Like, like a, a company yeah, jet. Yeah, a jet at his, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Like a private jet, but like, Only, you know what I mean? Just just, yeah. just a, in terms of a jet, he can kind of just be like, oh, I need to go here right now. Only the big wigs get to um, spend taxpayer money on private jets. That's like oh, cabinet cabinet minister and above shit. Yeah. Not, yeah, not state yeah. premier. Um, but anyway... <laughs> Uh, we're doing, we're doing kissing booth and it's going to be a very different kind of episode, but it's going to be hilarious. Um, and kissing booth is two thirds the length of the shining, which I did not realize, but whatever. Yeah. We kind of, uh, fucked that up a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. But kissing booth will be probably next week and that's going to be a big event. And then after that, we've got, uh, there's going to be another episode. And then the episode after that will be the start of our – the kissing booth is not the big event we've been building right. hype to. If you could imagine like – I thought of a hint. You're going to – you you thought of a hint? All right, yeah. Let's hear it. So, so we should, we'll say that the month of October on the podcast is going to be in celebration of one man and it's building up to a big a big project that he's involved in. And we'll say – he may be a big man, but he doesn't mind hanging out with little girls. <laughs> I, gee, oh my fucking God. I almost said the name of the thing and then I was like, wait, yeah, that's going to be yeah, too was, obvious. Wait, you idiot. Yeah. yeah. So I, yeah. No, dude, nice save. Honestly, nice save. That was <laughs> yeah, really so good. Yeah, so at the risk of making him sound like a pedophile, uh, oh I didn't reveal... Yeah. So anyway, we're going to be moving through. No, you know what is? You know what fucking? You really fucked it because not only did you essentially yeah. reveal who it is. No, no, no. I didn't. I think it's a good hint. The people can try and guess who it is. And <laughs> and let's just say they'll be so thrown off by the accusation of him being yeah. a child predator. He may not be an army man, but he's good with a hammer. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Do you know do you know who is being celebrated on the podcast in the month of October? Month of blank coming up. Anyway, if you message us and you guess it then you, yeah, you're our mate. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. And with that we'll see you next week. See ya. <laughs>